podcast with your host, Ashlyn and Lexi. Yay! I wonder how many times we have to uh, introduce ourselves, but I guess if you're new here, hi, I'm Lexi. I just thought it was kind of our thing. It is kind of our thing, and I also don't, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but, like, sometimes I start listening to a podcast, like, in the middle of their run, and I don't know anything, so I never start at, like, episode one. Yeah. Like, I like knowing who I'm listening to or speaking to. So, hi, I'm Lexi. Hello, I'm Ashlyn. I have a horrible rash I've just discovered, so that's fun. (laughs) I think it's a necessary time to take the watch off, babes. Yeah, I know. You don't have to. You don't. It, I can see it in your face. You don't have to. Here's the thing. If I can't check what my heart rate is, then I freak out. Anxiety-induced anxiety. Great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Last episode, I started talking about my Disney trip. If you guys didn't listen to the last episode, highly, highly, highly recommend that you do because um we're going to continue talking about ashlyn's trip to disney yes you need the backstory so i think in this episode i'm going to talk about the biggest change to the park so far i feel like that is a very wide statement to say are you serious i think genie plus is the biggest change oh 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 i thought you were talking about something else okay yes did you think i was going to talk about ratatouille because i agree it is game changing we love Remy. You know I love Remy the Rat. I know you do. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows Remy the Rat is my boy. And aside, over ho- over the holiday, I put on a Christmas carol or a Christmas story. A Christmas story? A Christmas carol? Wait, the Muppet one? The Muppet one. With Rizzo the Rat? I literally, I was watching it and like, okay, so me and my family were trying to make homemade fucking raviolis. <laughs> yummy it was no not yummy it was a struggle it was like four hours we did not get one single uh, that's a lie we had dinner that night but it was a struggle however to lighten the mood i put on a christmas story the muppets christmas story and the entire time rizzo the rat came every time rizzo the rat came on my screen i screamed rizzo the rat my family hated me. Did you think about how during the um, Muppets Haunted Mansion special, I said that Thick Rizzo the Rat was kind of hot? <laughs> uh, yes, I did. And I was just like, God damn it. He kind of is, though. That wife beater. Honestly, though, the wife beater Rizzo the Rat. <laughs> wife beater, and he's like got a little meat on him. He's he's cute. He doesn't look like Rizzo, though. That's not Rizzo. Well, I heard that the Rizzo the Rat um, puppet has been destroyed. What? Yeah, and that's why they have to use Pepe, like, as the new kind of, like, uh, like funny, I don't know, like the, like, the pairing with Gonzo. What the fuck happened to Rizzo? I don't know. I hope he comes back. Pouring out for our boy Rizzo. <laughs> All we have left is thick Rizzo, but, like, honestly, that's I, <laughs> No more Rizzo. I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> Goodbye. Gotta go. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> No, I want to talk about Disney Plus in this episode. Okay, let's. I talk. mean, not Disney Plus. I want to talk about Genie Plus. Oh God damn it! That's what I'm saying. Like, it's. I hate the name Genie Plus. I hate I, the name Lightning Lightning Lane. It's awful. Disney made this like so impossibly complicated because, like, trying to explain it to somebody is like a near impossible task. Well, I hope you're ready to do the impossible because I know I tried re- like I've 
been really good about like reading up on like all of the changes and like all of the mechanisms. Yeah. And like what you like tips and tricks as if I'm going to Disney anytime soon. But like truly like how this is working because I feel like we've received a lot of information over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm very excited to hear your experience with it. Yeah. And it's, I would say that if you're going to a Disney park, like you really should look up those tips and tricks and don't be like me because I just showed up and thought I could figure this out. And, um, it was a few days. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So I suggest like going on YouTube and like watching people break it down, but I'll try my best right now to explain. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You have Genie Plus. It is $15 a day. For the app? It's like $15 a day for the ability to book a fast pass. Got it. Um, so if you don't get any fast passes, you just burn $15. Wait. There's no guarantee. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. And I'm also um, only going to exclusively refer to it as fast pass because like I <laughs> I can't. But there's um, no capacity in my brain to call it anything but fast pass. I can't learn new things at this point. Like, no. <laughs> max out. Too, too old for that. It, okay, so Genie Plus is $15 a day, and then you get the ability to book a fast pass for most attractions. Lightning Lane is an additional cost, and that's only for, like, specific rides that are kind of, like, the newest or, like, the best rides in each park. So it's like a tier system. Yeah. Okay. It's like a tier system. Except it's so confusing because Disney still has, like, relabeled all of the Fast Pass entrances as just Lightning Lane. So it, there's, like, no clear differentiation. Oh. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's clear to an average guest or even, like, me, like, what is an extra charge and then, like, what isn't. Mm-hmm. If I had been in charge, I would have just called it Fast Pass and then, like, Fast Pass Premium or something. Yeah. Well, Disneyland, prior to them rolling out Genie Plus, um, that's what it used to be. Like, it was um, Fast Pass, and then you would pay – Fast Pass was, were, like, the paper paper ones. Yeah. Um, and then Fast Pass Plus would be that additional charge on the app where it was, like, okay, like, you have the ability to queue up your Fast Passes. Okay. Um, which I thought was honestly a much better system, but yeah. the way Fast Passes worked at Disneyland at this point was different than the way they were working at Disney World at the point that I had gone last. So different or two different systems, but um, yeah, it made more. It made sense that like yeah. the purchasing would be Fast Pass Plus. Hmm. Yeah, it's very confusing the way that they've laid it out now. I would say that the system works okay, like, once you figure it out. But it really took me a few days to get up to speed with it. And I, you know, at least had, like, the knowledge of this before I went to Disney. So, like, I can't imagine, like, if you just, like, show up for, like, a day trip, like, what kind of state you're going to be in. Yeah, or if, like, this is your first trip. Yeah, I mean, I would just, like, go home because it's so confusing. Really? It's, like, I would say it's, like, pretty impossible to figure out in a day. Like, unless you're just, like, a Disney nerd and you're, like, listening to this podcast right now and, like, researching <laughs> things online. Then, like, you know, maybe you can figure it out. But, like, I think I'm, like, pretty tapped into this stuff and I was still, like, thrown on my first day. 
Can you explain the first day of using Puni Plus to me? I would love to explain my first day experience. Yes. So on the first day, I had only slept like four hours before getting to Orlando. And I was also working at the same time during this week, which sucked, but I'm a lawyer. So like, whatever. (laughs) So (laughs) like, it's awful, but like, this is my life. (laughs) Truly. So I slept in until 10 and then I like worked in the room until noon and around noon, I started to look for a fast pass for Epcot. Oh, for Epcot. Well, I went to Epcot on the first day. Uh, that's a good first day trip. Or it's a good first day park. Yeah. Yeah. I'm easing into it. I'm like not expecting a lot. <laughs> exactly. Right. You don't want to do the best park your first day. Exactly. Yeah. So I quickly realized at like noon that there were no more fast passes. At all? No. And that unless I got up at like 7 a.m. to make reservations whenever they opened, like I was not going to get any. What fast passes are available for Epcot? Like the um, true, true, true fast passes, not Lightning Lane. I know it's okay. frozen. Yeah. So typically Lightning Lane and Epcot is frozen and then Ratatouille. Okay. Yeah. Ratatouille. During that holiday week, they actually reduced Lightning Lane to just one attraction per park, which I don't know why, but so it was only Ratatouille um, that week. Okay. But it didn't matter because I didn't get a fast pass for Frozen anyway, so. Okay. Yeah, so like basically everything else you can get a fast pass for is kind of what you could get before. Like all the Genie Plus rides are basically the old fast pass rides. So you have Test Track, Mission Space, Spaceship Earth. Living with the Land, Figment, even though like you don't need a fast pass for those, like just show up. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I don't, I never remembered Living with the Land being on fast pass. Yeah, it's kind of just like you just, you know, they they go through that line so quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I would not waste fifteen dollars on it, but like the thing is, like you already pay fifteen dollars to like get access to like Test Track and like. Right you know, frozen or whatever. So then it's like, I guess I'll just get a fast pass for figment. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you've already spent the money. So you may as well milk it for as much as you can. Yeah. So every single day of my trip, we had to get up at 7am to make a fast pass reservation, which like if you're an early riser, like I'm sure that that's nothing for you. But like, I typically sleep in on my trips and then like stay at the parks late. Mm -hmm. So it was a shift for me. And then after your 7am, fast pass reservation you can make your next selection at 10 a.m and then after that it's every two hours you can make a new one and then i think you also can make a new fast pass reservation after you use one but i honestly don't think i tried that because i was like like by then most of the good rides were gone so i was just kind of like in the park what time was your first fast pass yeah so that's the other issue so like at 7 a.m the fast passes are for like 8 30 okay so, like, if you're, like, me and you're probably not going to, like, make it to the parks until, like, 1, like, you have to just, like, refresh the app and, like, hope that, like, someone doesn't snatch it, like, before you do. Mm-hmm. While you, like, wait for the reservations to get later. So, honestly, it's it's exhausting because, mm-hmm. like, I really didn't come on vacation to, like, set alarms on my phone for every two hours. Yeah. So I can make more fast passes. It's just, like... I like I just felt like I was like in the lurch a lot because I was like oh my god we have to get another fast pass reservation like we don't have a fast pass yet yeah um it was stressful and it was also like kind of depressing because like you would look around the parks and like I don't mean to sound like a boomer here because I'm like not him just just a cool millennial but like (laughs) 
you would look around the parks and like every single couple was on their phones refreshing the Disney app. Yeah. Which like that that sucks. Yeah, and it's like I know that it's like 2022 and like we're all like glued to our phones and it's like the way that we live, but it, it was just like felt kind of dark-sided mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like like we're paying so much money to be in a Disney park and like there's all these amazing details to like immerse yourself in. But, like, you're stuck, like, refreshing my Disney experience trying to get a fast pass so you feel like you're getting your money's worth. So it's right. just, like, it just felt gross. Yeah. I try my absolute best to be in the moment. Right. Especially at Disney because, to your point, you are spending so much money and there's so many details. And, like, obviously you want to be on your phone to capture those memories. But, like, you want to also be able to experience outside of your screen. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, similarly, that's how I kind of felt the last time I went to Disneyland because, like, I did have to time keep. I did because we did buy Fast Pass Plus. Yeah. Like, uh, we did have to time keep. I was checking my phone constantly so that I can continuously book Fast Passes for our trip. And, like, no one wants to be doing that when they're trying to immerse themselves yeah. in the parks. I come to Disney to just experience it. Like, I don't come to, like, anxiously check my phone, like, every few seconds because that's, like, what I do, like, outside of the parks. Right. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. It was just, like, a little bit too much for me. And I also worry about, like, will it impact, like, how much they invest in the parks long term because, like, Disney parks stand out because of, like, the little details that they incorporate into, like, the queues and, like, mm-hmm. into the facades. And, like, I worry that, like, if they know everyone's just going to be on their phones because that's, like, a profit driver for them, then, like, you know, are they still going to do those things? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see all the new experiences that are coming up over the next couple of years and, like, how they're reacting to people not experiencing them the way they used to Yeah, it's going to be, like, a very different landscape going forward. Like, I expect that we'll see more stuff incorporated into the app Mm -hmm. because they're just, like, pushing it so hard. But it'll be interesting to see, like, how that is actually applied in the parks. Mm -hmm. And the other thing about Genie Plus is that you have to make, like, really tough calls on what rides you want to do because the good rides go fast. Mm -hmm. So, like... And you're only allowed, like, one lightning lane. I Yeah, I think so. Right? Like, per day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, like, like I still don't even know. And I spent, like, a week doing this. But I'm like, <laughs> I think that sounds right. Like, uh, that's why it's so complicated. Um, but, like, at 7 a.m. for Hollywood Studios, like, you can get a Rise of the Resistance Lightning Lane. Or you can get a Fast Pass for Slinky Dog. But, like, you're not going to get both, probably, like, in yeah. your day. So, like, you have to make a call there. And, like, I really wanted to ride mickey minnie's runaway railway because i was actually like in line for it during its opening day but it kept going down mm-hmm. um back during my like pre-pandemic beginning yes. of the pandemic trip yes so that was like super important to me to do so i actually like snagged that at 7 a.m one day but then like i totally lost the chance to get slinky or um rise of the resistance mm-hmm. and like that just i don't know it just kind of sucks it's like you're spending so much money and then you're like paying like 15 bucks to like get fast passes and like you can't even like get all the things that you want. Right. And like I know there's going to be a ton of people being like, well, you can just wait in line. And it's like, yeah, yes, you a thousand percent can. But then there's also like I'm on the side of the argument where it's like I'm not spending over a hundred dollars to be at a park for me to wait in line for three rides. Yeah. The Rise of the Resistance line is like three hours like all the time so it's like three hours yeah so it's like sure you can wait in line but like if you aren't getting 
Like if you're not strategic enough about what big attractions, quote unquote, you want to ride in a day, then like you could spend your whole day basically just standing in line for like one of them. Especially if you're a late park goer. Yeah, like me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I were smarter, I'd like rope drop, but like whatever. You have to be committed to rope drop. I have not rope dropped in years. I can't. I did like, you know, once upon a dream, whenever I was like in college or like high right. school, but I'm an adult and I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to sleep eight hours. I think it also goes with the like, okay, yeah, like I, there's the privilege that we've been able to experience the park that much that like we yeah. can go in. But then on that other side, if this is your only trip. Oh yeah. I'd be way different. Yeah. Like that sucks though, because like yeah. all of these rules still apply. Or it's like yeah. you still would have to wait in line. You'd still have to pick between like one really good ride and then like waiting in line. Yeah, absolutely. And like I was thinking about it and it's like I did Genie Plus and all of its shenanigans this time because like it's the first time I've been in like two years. It might be another couple of years before I go back. So I like wanted to make sure I rode stuff. But like if I came to the parks like multiple times a year or something like if I had the money and like the free time to do that like Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't do that like I'd probably just be like I know what those rides are like I can catch it next time and it Mm -hmm. wouldn't feel like so dramatic to me that I have to like refresh my app constantly yeah but there's only so many people who who do have that opportunity right and it's definitely not the majority so like that sucks like that sucks that like that's what you have to plan your trip to be They've made it a very stressful experience, I think. It used to be like you got off the plane, you got on the Magical Express bus, and then like, you know, it took you to the hotel and then you went to the parks and you got your fast passes there. And mm-hmm. like, it was just kind of like, I'm in, I'm on vacation now and like, I can kind of relax and just experience things as they come. Right. And now it's like, from the second you get there, it's just like stress, in my opinion, because it's like, I have to get an Uber. I have to book my fast passes at 7 a.m. Like, I have to mobile order my food because, like, I can't just talk to a cast member anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound like a boomer, but, like, it's it's getting to the point where it's very hectic. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily boomer mentality. I think it's just, like, with the amount of money that you're spending yeah. and the amount of stress that you're receiving, like, the ROI is just not there. And you are much more seasoned at Disney World than I am, but, like, that's coming from someone who has been able to go as often as they've been able to go, right? So, like, just thinking about someone who's, it's, like, their first time going. Like, me and my friends are trying to plan a trip that, like, eventually we'll be able to go to Disney. And it's just, like, I, like, because I'm so ingrained in Disney culture, like, I know that this is going to be a fucking stressful ass time and, like, not yeah. everything is going to get done. And, like, that sucks because I'm, I want all of us to be able to experience mm-hmm. it. And, like, we're, I know that we're not going to be able to experience everything. It's all things. Like, I, Seth still hasn't been to the parks and I yeah. really want to plan a trip that's like me and him. And, like, I introduce him to this and I start, you know, bringing him into the cult. Mm-hmm. But, with fast passes now, you're kind of like zigging and zagging around the park because it's just like wherever you got your reservation next. Right. So you're kind of losing that authentic, like that organic experience of like going through the different lands. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was there, I kept thinking like, how would I even like 
introduce him to this? Like, how would I take him through the parks right now? Yeah. Because it's not like, okay, let's go to Tomorrowland and then we're mm-hmm. going to go to Storybook Circus, then to Fantasyland. You know, you can't do that anymore. It's like, it's like we have to run right now to get on my train and then we have to run like right now to go get on Big Thunder Mountain and then we'll come back and go to Fantasyland later. Right. You know, like it's, it's so different now. I am the kind of Disney goer that likes having a set plan. Yeah. And in this day and age, understanding that like, like trying to process the fact that like, I'm not going to be able to have a set plan with the way that like fast passes work. Cause I'm like, I'm sure you had a track. Like I have a track at, especially at Magic Kingdom. Yes. In the before, like in fast pass times, not even in like pre-COVID times, but like in true pre-COVID fast pass times, get to the park. You go right, mm-hmm. pick up your fast pass, circle, spend a little time at Adventureland, yeah, hang out for a little bit, and then come back for your fast pass. And then, like, it's organic and like you have a set track of what you do, yeah, exactly. And like, you just you're not able to do that anymore. And like, I understand everyone needs to, like, there are growing pains, blah, 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 blah. But like, the way that you described, I guess, like, trying to introduce Seth. Like, if it's your first trip, hopefully it's the first trip for you two, you have to pick between, am I going to show him the Disney experience or are we going to focus on rides? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, like, uh, the thing is, is that, like, Disney comes out with such great experiences and attractions and, like, you obviously want to go on all of these rides, but... The fact that now you kind of have to be like, okay, do I do the experience or do I look at this as a Six Flags adjacent park? Right. And yes, like I hate that. I hate that because not everyone is going to be able to have that experience where they get to go multiple times. Right. Yeah. And I can't imagine like if this is your family's like one and only Disney trip, like you've been saving, like this is it. This is the big family vacation that you're going to do. Your kids are going to talk about this forever. And like you go... And you're just like assaulted with all of this where it's like, I have to learn the fast pass system. Like I have to figure out how to mobile order. I don't have magical express anymore. Like it's just so much. And I just feel like it's gotta be like near impossible to have a good experience Mm -hmm. now and to like walk away satisfied because it's just, it's, it's just too much. Did you think that buying into Genie plus every day was worth it? I think that it is worth it if you're playing the system right. Like you have to do the 7 a.m., the 10 a.m., the noon, Mm -hmm. the 2 p.m. Like you have to do that because like my first day for Epcot, I like bought it at like noon or whatever. And like I couldn't get a fast pass all day. So it was like I just like flushed like $15 down the toilet. Yeah. But like looking back at my week, once I started like really kind of doing it the way that they wanted me to do it, like I wrote a ton of stuff for like Christmas week. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like I did. (laughs) Yeah, like I rode way more than I have in the past during Christmas week. Um, Because I've had some trips during Christmas week where like I haven't ridden anything. I've done like It's a Small World and like Mm -hmm. um, Philharmagic. And that was like kind of what I got. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like I do think that like if you're doing it right and if you're strategic, like you can ride a lot of things with the system and that it is worth its money. I mean, in the sense that, like, with Disney prices, I think it's worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you're paying 15 bucks for a sandwich. So, like, you may as well pay 15 bucks and, like, play the game of Fast Pass. Yeah. But it is, like, exhausting, though. Yeah. A good trick 
that I read into, I think earlier this week was, and I think I'm honestly going to start uh, actioning on this for my Disney trips is just buying gift cards or like the set amount of like what my budget is. I've heard this. Yeah. Like have a specific gift card for food purchases and have another specific mm-hmm. gift card for like my budget for um, souvenirs and like merchandise and kind of off topic, but like if Genie Plus and riding those rides are important to you, like that, I think that's like definitely one way to combat it. Unfortunately, like I don't think that like that is the best mentality to have going to Disney, but like if, cause I, I do think that it's worth it. I do yeah. like, I think that it's an absolute like ridiculous charge, but I know that I'm going to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. So to your point, as long as you're strategic with everything. Yeah. Like everyone I talk to because I'm like nosy and I like am the person who wants to just like talk to you on a ferry boat. Everybody I talked to was using it, but they also hated it. (laughs) Like they were all frustrated by how difficult it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course it was also Christmas week. So like maybe if you go in like February or something, like, you know, it'll be an easier and better experience for you. But I would say it was hard. Yeah, because if you're thinking about it, end of January into the beginning of, or rather the end of March, that's when refurb happens. So yeah. it's like you're already, the ride, the things that you get to choose from are already cut down. Yeah, I mean, it's all connected and it's like everything affects the other thing. So yeah, I guess it's just really being smart about your choices yeah. And I hate that. I hate that those words came out of my mouth. Just like be smart, guys. <laughs> yeah. Do your research. But like really, truly do your research. Um, I think you have to, honestly. Yeah. Like I had no idea what I was doing. And so like my first day in Epcot, I was so frustrated that I um, I walked up to the leader at the Ratatouille ride. And I was like, hey, can I just ask you some questions about like how this new system works? And we talked about like, how does Lightning Lane work? Like how does Genie Plus work? And I just like kept asking him questions. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads into my magical moment, but I was like very focused on like, okay, how do I actually get onto this ride, this Ratatouille ride? Like, do I need to do the virtual queue? Cause I've never done that before. So I don't really understand how it works mm-hmm. or like, can I buy a fast pass? Like, what is the answer? Turns out you can do lightning lane for it. And I actually think they just like quit the virtual queue like last week or something. I, now it's standby. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I'm not, I think. I definitely read that they removed virtual queue for everything. And uh, now they're only doing standby lines. And obviously Lightning Lane and Genie Plus. Yeah. Yeah, because the virtual queue thing I never experienced before. And, like, I thought you could join the virtual queue from your hotel room. Yeah. Apparently not because it, like – 1 p.m. or whatever, I tried to join the virtual queue for Ratatouille, and it was like, you have to be checked into Epcot. And I was like, what? That, <laughs> I'm never getting on this ride. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I was so mad that first day. Like, I was so frustrated because it's like, I'm here, like, I'm willing to play the game, but like, it felt like they weren't letting me play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I flushed $15 on the toilet. I can't get a fast pass. Like, like, like the virtual queue apparently doesn't work unless I'm already in Epcot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's how virtual is this? Right. You know? Like if you have to be present in the park. Yeah. Just stupid. So I was talking to the leader, one of the leaders at the Ratatouille ride, asking him questions. And then finally he was like, I'll just take you on it. And I was like, what? What? 
and I had my Ratatouille lounge fly that I was rocking and I was so excited because it's my favorite Pixar movie and (laughs) I absolutely loved this ride. Was it everything you imagined? It was everything and more. Um, First of all, I had never done a trackless ride before. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I still haven't done Rise of the Resistance because it's like three hours long. Yeah. And hadn't ridden Mickey and Minnie until this um, trip. So it was my first time experiencing that. And that technology is like just, it's mind-blowing. Like it is so cool to just feel your ride vehicle moving. And like you can tell that like it's like a bit randomized Mm -hmm. because like, you know, the other ride vehicles are like going in different directions than yours. So that was really, really cool. The ride is just fantastic. You're like a little rat scurrying around a kitchen. And then at the end, Remy cooks food for you. Oh, (laughs) Which is like my dream. Yeah. I can't wait to experience that for myself. It was so cool, Lexi. And then they also have the ride audio still in French from like the Disneyland Paris version, which I did not expect, but it's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, like it's a U.S. park. So it was like so interesting to like experience that. Yeah, because you wouldn't expect it. No, I thought they would have dubbed over it, but I I loved it. That's great. Um, it, yeah, it also had a lot of like really cool sensory effects. Like there's this scene where somebody like hits a tomato with a broom and then you like are like sprayed with something. <laughs> and then there's also a part where you're under a stove and then you like feel heat. Oh, I love 4D rides like that. Yeah, it's it's really well done. Okay. I really loved it. I'm glad that you did. I mean, I didn't think that you would hate it. It's ratatouille, <laughs> like right. So, but I'm glad that it exceeded your expectations. It really did. It really did. What other rides did you get to go on? I guess the new ones. So the other new one that I did was um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Is it fun? It was just, it was so much fun. I just laughed the entire time. It's like, it's almost hard for me to like process, honestly. It's going to take me a few months, I think, to really like figure out what happened to me. But it's just like such an unbelievably cool and unexpected ride. Like every single time you think you know what's going to happen, it's not what actually happens. Really? Yeah. Like whenever we first entered the um, pre-show room, there's like a door on the right and I was all the way on the left. Mm-hmm. So I immediately was like, oh crap, I'm on the wrong side to be able to get onto the ride because you want to be close to the door. Right. And so I was like kind of bummed about it, but I was also like, it's okay. Like I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. Whatever. I can wait. And then like the screen in front of you that they're showing the Mickey and Minnie cartoon blasts open and then you enter the ride through there. Oh. Like a hole in the screen. Shit. Yeah, which was so cool. Oh, my God. That sounds so much fun. And then I, like, get on the ride vehicle, and it's a train. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I also – side note, I've avoided all spoilers about this ride for, like, two years. And now you're going to – I'm going to just vomit all of this from my memory after you tell me. And I want to hear it. I do want to hear it. So please continue. (laughs) Okay, are you sure? Because I can just be like, it was so fun, and then move on. (laughs) Can you explain it without the spoilers? Um, yeah, okay. I can go, like, real vague. So, again, it's a trackless ride system, yeah. um, which I just think is just the most splendid thing. Like, I want to do a deep dive into that because I don't understand it. I think it's RFID sensors, but, like, it's very cool. And I know that it started, like, at international parks. Like, I think Japan mm-hmm. was, like, the first with it, with um, the Pooh's Honeypot yes. thing. But it's just so much fun to experience because you just don't know what's happening next. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
I like maybe it's just me, but like I feel like I do probably look at the tracks a lot whenever I'm on a ride. Oh my god, especially at Disney World, and I'm going to call it out specifically because anyone who's been to, um, if you've had the privilege to go to multiple Disney parks, you know that not every Space Mountain is made the same. Um, down to how dark they keep that building. Yeah. Um, Disney World Space Mountain is the most wrecked Space Mountain that I've been on. Really? Yeah. No, the one in uh, Disneyland is completely blacked out. You can't see the track oh, wow. at all. Yeah, you can't see the track at all. And then Disneyland Paris, you also can't see the track at all. And they have a actual... Um, what is it like hydro pump or whatever? Like they have the high, like the they have like the fast push out, like the thing that they use. Oh, for, cool! Um, yeah, like the thing that they use for the Incredicoaster, but they have yeah. that in, in the dark and it goes upside down, but you can't see the track at all. So, oh my gosh, yeah. So it's like out of the three parks that I've been to, Disney World Space Mountain is the most wrecked because you can see the track anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can <laughs> see it for sure the entire time. Also, first time ever I saw Space Mountain with the lights on inside. It, was that weird? It was so weird because, like, even though you can still see the track, like, it wasn't what I thought it looked like. <laughs> I was like, this thing's small and, like, ugly. Yeah, no. It's it, – because you also, like, when you're riding the ride, you can see the beams – you can mm-hmm. see the beams that are holding the track up. And, like, yeah. I love Space Mountain, but I hate Disney World's Space Mountain. Sounds like it definitely pales in comparison. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, so this was my first time seeing these trackless rides. And it was just so cool because it's, like, you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mickey and Minnie, it's, like, there's just, like, all of these colors like just beautifully colorful scenes there's fun music you're just like flying from like room to room like experiencing it um and it's it's just so fun so my friend's actually at disney right now so i saw like her photos uh some of her photos from the ride and i tried to just kind of flip through them but what i did see was that it was so brightly colored and like i just mm-hmm. love the fact that Mickey and Minnie finally have their own ride. Um, yeah. And it just, it looks like it's so much fun. And I don't think I've actually encountered a bad review for uh, Runaway Railway. It's so cool because it feels like you are in a cartoon. Okay. You know, it's like everything is so much bolder and brighter than it actually is in real life. So it was just so cool to just be kind of like thrown into it. Oh, I love it. You're going to love it. It was amazing. Ugh. Saving up now. That wasn't even meant to be sarcastic. I just, I do really, really want to go. I know you know that I do. It's just, and other than Mickey and Minnie, what other really fun rides, or what other new rides did you ride? I think that's it, actually. Really? I don't really remember any other new rides. Okay, valid. I don't know. Like, I rode my faves. I rode Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I rode Space Mountain, which I do love, even though it's not as good as Disneyland. I love Space Mountain. Yeah. I like being shook up like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I do love Space Mountain. I just... Are you a Space Mountain person or are you a Big Thunder Mountain person? Okay. See, this is (laughs) an issue in my family. So, I am the Space Mountain person. The rest of my family are Big Thunder Mountain people. I unfortunately can see that. So, they're like, okay, we'll ride Space Mountain once, but then they want to ride Big Thunder Mountain like five times. I love Big Thunder Mountain. It's fine. It's fun. It's fun. But it's fine. 
also how I feel about Space Mountain. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, honestly, out of the out of the two, yeah, I'm just like, okay, yeah. I That's fine. think only because out of the – and I never got a chance to ride um, Rock and Roller Coaster because it scares me, and it still scares me to this fucking day. So It was broken down for, like, three or four days while I was there. Days? Yeah, it's like multiple days. I was like, something's not right with that ride. I mean, they've been having, they like, there's a lot of problems with that ride, I feel like. Like, I feel like yeah. recently there's been like a lot of news about that ride specifically. I also know that, like, based off of what that track looks like, I am terrified of it. And I don't know if I will ever get the balls to ride it. So, that being said, out of the other roller coaster adjacent, rides mount everest i'm a mount everest (laughs) (laughs) all right so i can ride mount everest one time my sister is like a thrill junkie and wants to get off of mount everest and get back on and she'll like wait until like park's about to close and we'll just like ride it again and again and again i tried to ride it twice this time in a row and i was throwing up in a bush by rainforest (laughs) cafe I'm not even joking. No. My family was inside eating at Rainforest Cafe and I'm outside vomiting in a bush. No. Yeah. I just cannot do it. I think it's like that backwards like loop that it does in the dark. Yeah. That it, like messes up my inner ear. It it really does. Like especially when you're not ready for it, like it kind of mm-hmm. kind of screws you up. Yeah. But I love the queue. I think it's like one of the best queues that Disney's ever done. I love I love that queue. Yeah, like sometimes I'll stand in line with them for like the second and third rides just to like look at the stuff. Yeah. I honestly yeah. like in okay, I know that we were kind of talking shit about waiting for in line for three hours, but like there are especially now, there are so many well done cues that yes. like as someone who loves detail and like yes. looking at does at the design work that they've put into it like I'm okay with that but I also know that not a lot of people are so understandable but the cues are just fantastic and Mount Everest yeah. does have one of the the best cues that's like not interactive mm-hmm. I agree I think that there's just a limit to like waiting in line I'll do an hour that's that's fine yeah but like three hours is mm, that's that's too much three hours is a lot I don't understand the people who who will do the 180 minute line though for Peter Pan because you, there is no. no queue. There is no queue for that. You, I hate the Peter Pan queue. It, it, you mean like the block that they have blocked off that like goes into the pathway? It's not a queue. Well, have you been there since they expanded the queue into like what used to be an old bathroom? I might have, but I honestly do not remember because the last time I had gone was four years ago it was 2018 i feel like it was done by then so you probably experienced it but like what i hate now is that there is like a clear difference in the floor where you know that you're in the yes. old bathroom yes yeah and it stresses me out because i'm thinking like this is a dirty bathroom floor yeah, absolutely <laughs> and i'm standing on it yes because it is such like a divide yeah that, like the flooring is different yeah they literally were too cheap to change the the tiles and it's just like oh please what has this floor seen yeah i mean yeah i guess it's clean enough but also not really i I do feel like i wrote a lot of things during my week Mm -hmm. um i hit a lot of my faves so that was great (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad that you were able to ride your favorites um, and that, like, you were able to experience um, the two new rides that you did want to go on. Um, Yeah. I would have loved to have done Rise of the Resistance because I hear that it's, like, amazing. But, you know, I just had to get the Slinky Dog Fast Pass when I did. Sometimes you have two options and you just know the option in front of you is the current option yeah like one day I went to Hollywood Studios and then I went with Mickey and Minnie for my Mm 7am and then the other day at 7am I got Slinky Dog so you know no regrets just just moving forward just vibes yeah I mean but also because you were able to experience XYZ this trip like now you know like if the choice needed to be made again what you would pick yeah exactly so it's not a total wash that you weren't able to ride rise of the resistance also I think that it's going to be much more fruitful of an engagement and an an experience for you to ride it with someone who is so deep in Star Wars lore, i.e. Seth. Yeah. Like, he would absolutely love it, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll just hang in there until then. We started the second season of The Mandalorian tonight, and he was like, I don't really know what happened in the first season anymore. It's been so long. And I was like, oh, I got it. I got it. (laughs) So there's this guy. He's The Mandalorian. Yes. He can't take off his helmet. No. Um, he did one time and he honestly wasn't that cute in my opinion, which Seth took issue with, but that's fine. I said my piece. Yes. And then he thought he had, he thinks, he thinks that, um, that guy's cute. I mean, he is a thousand percent. I do have to say that his, well, I think that was the point. His acting was, he was meant to look like that awkward and like weird because like he'd never, yeah. Cause he'd never taken his mask off. So he doesn't understand facial (laughs) expression and like, uh, I, I absolutely okay. love that. Yeah, like I love that little detail because um, Pedro Pascal, brilliant in The Mandalorian because he took that into account that he had never taken his mask off before. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's like the interesting. That, yeah, the fact that you didn't think that he was that cute and like he was kind of weird. Like it was meant – like I love that. Anyway. Okay, that's that's great to know because I had like a reaction like whenever the beast turns into a human and then you like just want him to go back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, Prince, um, Prince, what's his name? The Beast. The Beast. Oh, like Adam. Oh yeah, it's um. Adam. Isn't it? <laughs> Prince Adam is not cute as a human. That's it. He's not. He's not. Like, no. Um, so anyway, I was like, uh, put the helmet back on. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's the Mandalorian. And then he has a little buddy. It's a baby Yoda. Yes. And they want to find the baby Yoda's home. And that's what the show's about. And I think that that's a pretty good summary. At some point, we're going to do a describe the series, describe X series in the best way possible. And it, to your best ability. Okay. I want to watch the Boba Fett series because Seth really wants to. So, so I want to watch it to, you know, just like make him happy and have a nice time. Um, uh, as someone who's been a diehard Boba Fett stan for literally Boba. no reason other than the fact that like I was asinine as a child and thought Boba Fett was hot. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So it's Boba and not Baba. Got it. I don't pronounce things correctly. So. Well, I don't know. Oh, Boba, Boba. Yeah, it's Boba Fett. 
Bo- Boba? Boba. Like, anyway, I don't have a single clue what that show's about. I think he's maybe a bad guy and he rides around on like a space motorcycle. That's my theory. Apparently, it's not good. <laughs> really? Uh, Fitzy doesn't like it, and he's diehard. <gasps> he's a diehard Star Wars fan. Him and his best friend are like it's kind of boring. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awful. I know, and that's what upsets me because I. I'm a diehard Boba Fett fan. Oh, no. I know. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. I guess we'll just have to see. (sighs) Anyway, that was part two of my (laughs) Disney trip. (laughs) I feel like there's so much left to unpack, and I cannot wait to continue unpacking this. I know. But for now, we have to say goodbye. To all our company. (laughs) Um, M-I-C. K-E-Y. I can't even sing the song right now. It's okay. You're sleepy. No, I just got Twisted Wonderland on my brain. Anyway, thank you you guys for listening. Um, This has been Lexi. And Ashlyn, next time we're going to talk about um, mobile ordering and food experiences that I had. <laughs> Honestly, I like. I feel like this is like a really great primer for those who like haven't been to Disney. Thanks. I really appreciate that because I feel we're talking for like three hours straight about my trip, but that's apparently what I've committed to do at this point. I so. mean, I love hearing about it and I also love hearing the changes and I know for like... I've effectively have not been to Disney in four years and so much has changed in the last four years that like what I experienced last is a thousand percent not going to be what I I will be experiencing the next time I go. So yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So like, I am so glad to be going into like unpacking your trip because I think that this is information that like people need. Um, thank you guys (laughs) for listening. Join us on our Twitter and our Instagram and are in the process of being complete discord all of the info is going to be in the description we hope to see you there that is awesome thanks so much for listening bye bye